We serve a good God. Amen. Amen. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And do you know that your giving affects not only you, but your whole family? Where do I get that from? Well, the Word of God says in Psalm 115, verse 12, The Lord has been mindful of us. Do you know that God is mindful of you? Do you know that He searches to and fro, looking at you, receiving you, blessing you? He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel, house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. That doesn't mean... You're afraid of God. That means awesome reverential fear. You honor God. In one way, he said, bless those who are, fear the Lord, both great and small. And one way we fear the Lord, we respect and we honor the Lord, is to give unto him in his house. The tithes come to the local church, offerings for other ministries. He says this, May the Lord give you increase more and more. Turn toward your neighbor and bless them with this phrase. May the Lord give you increase more and more. How many of you know that's true? It's in the Bible. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. What you do affects not only you, but your children. Giving is a lifestyle. In 1970, we heard a man of God, Terry Mize, he was a missionary. He said three words. And when he spoke those three words, they went into my spirit man and imploded. And they became a part of my wife's life, my life. He said these three little words, live to give. Live to give. Most Americans and other people work to make a living. We work to make a giving. And the more you give, how many of you ever tried to outgive God? We have. And you can't do it. Because the more you give God, the more he multiplies back to you. And it does affect your children. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. You know what? Everything here belongs to you and me. It's the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means not only the Lord's, but yours and mine, because we're part of the family of God. And my prayer for you this morning is that you leave here differently than you came. That the word of God that's spoken, whether it be the person next to you, blessing you, whether it be coming from the pulpit, whether it be from your children, God will change you. How many of you could use some changing, little adjusting, a checkup from the neck up? You came to the right place this morning. How many of you are ready to give? And give expectantly. Don't be, a, what do they call them, a bucket plunker. You know what a bucket plunker is? Some of those 
Pentecostals. But that's not us, because we live to give. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and that we serve you, and that you serve us. We thank you, Father God, for this time of giving. Every penny, I pray, you multiply the seed sowing, that we will have not just enough, but more than enough to be a blessing to others. This we declare in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Serve God's people, please. Yaman. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Greg, and each and every one of you. How many of you brought your Bible to church? You should bring your Bible to church. Now, we conveniently... Thank God for Miss Ricky back in the control booth and Larry and the other uh, TV cameras. And Hold up your Bible. Make this confession of your faith. This is my Bible. I can say what it says I can say. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I can have what God's Word says I am. Therefore, I believe the Word of God will change me this morning. And I will leave here differently than I've come. If you believe it, wave your Bible. If the devil had a heart, he just would have had a heart attack. Because all of this power that each and every one of us have. And that's what I'll be uh, sharing on this morning. This, as your bulletin says, is the year of the kingdom. Which kingdom? How many kingdoms are there? Where is the kingdom? There's many kingdoms. And many kingdoms. There's many lords, but he is the Lord of lords. So consequently, we're speaking about kingdoms, plural, this morning. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Verse 7 says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. You know, it's not how many words you say, but it's your heart attitude. It's learning to plug into what God has for you and learn his word, consume his word, and begin to speak his word. My precious spiritual father, Pastor George Volks. I'm raised in a Catholic church and then Lutheran church. And the man of God, my pastor said to me one day, you know what, Dan, we had it half right. And I looked at it, I was very surprised. Half right? And he said, I'd preach, get the word in, get the word in, 
get the word in. But I learned we must let the word out. See, it's not enough to be uh, consumed by the power and the presence of God. But God brought you into the kingdom so you could distribute the kingdom of God to other people. Yesterday, uh, we needed a weed whip. And so my wife was babysitting, and I went to uh, Home Deep. And I met some other pastors, and we had fellowship for about 20 minutes. And I got second to the last weed whip. And I checked, I went to check it out and pay for it. There was a young man there. And uh, I said to him, you know, Jesus loves you. And he looked at me and he said, I hope so. I said, there's a way that you can really know. I asked him, you ever do a bad thing like I have, Billy Graham and the Pope have? And he said, well, yeah, I've done bad. I said, are you sorry for the bad you've done? He said, sure. I said, can you say, God, forgive me? He said, God, forgive me. And I added a conjunction, and Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And he prayed that prayer. Now, the man got gloriously born again. And he entered with that simple prayer into the kingdom of God. And he became my brother and yours. Amen. Now, how difficult is that? It's not really too, well, you can't say it in a public place. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I hate evil. No matter what our government said, abortion is still murder. The Ten Commandments and the, and the One Commandment are still a part of the Bible. And we've got a new and a better covenant. And I believe that it's time and it's high time that you and I realize who we are and who we possess and why we're a part of His kingdom. I'm not here to convince you of anything. I'm here to share with you the love of God. He said this. Therefore do not be like the heathen that pray repetitiously. Your father knows the things you have need of because you ask him. Or before you ask him. You know God knows what you need. Thank you for the mm-hmms and a yep. I said you know that God knows what you need. He knows what you need before you ask him. And he, he loves to bless you. We've raised five children. I'm at the age now, and even prior to this age, I love to bless my kids. We weren't always able to. But we've learned how to give. And we've learned how to give to our family. And to our friends. And to other pastors and preachers and Christians. He said this. In this manner therefore pray. Our Father. Everybody say that. Our Father. Now that was a step of faith. Because the Jewish people of which he was one. Believed in the tradition of the elders and Father Abraham. 
And they call him a blasphemer because he brought himself co-equal with God the Father to the very point where he publicly declared that God was his father. And that was a no-no because tradition ruled. And even at some hearts today, tradition rules. But the Word of God says you can make the Word of God of none effect by the traditions of men. Well, Grandma and Grandpa always did it this way. Mom and Dad always did it this way. How many of you know Grandma and Grandpa weren't perfect, and neither were Mom and Dad, and neither are you and I? Amen. But we're holy. He made us holy. How did He make us holy? He sanctified us the day we got born again. He set us apart from the ways of the world. And he brought us into the kingdom of God that we might bring the kingdom of God into other people. I love Jesus Christ. I love telling people, do you know Jesus loves you? What if they reject me? So what? Jesus loves me, this I know. That's all, that's the most important thing. Amen? I mean, yeah, Jesus loves us. Our Father, who art in the heavens. In the Greek, that's really supposed to be plural. Where is heaven? How many heavens are there? more than one. Paul talked about the third heaven. So each heaven must have a king who rules each level of their heaven. And we'll get into that in, in a little bit. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in the heavenlies. You know what we're asking God? For his kingdom to come to earth. But it did come to earth when Jesus, the baby, was born. And he was not only born, but he died for you and me. That we might receive what he died for. Do you know what he died for? Well, the Bible says in Isaiah, he took our sins. That's good. But he took not only sin, he took sickness... He took disease. He took poverty. What else? Sin. But he didn't take a bad attitude. But we can give it to him and he will take it. Part of the problem is attitude. I preached a message here one time. What about your tood, dude? That's so important. It's very important. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in the heavenlies. This earth is a physical seen world. The heavenlies are the a realm of the spirit, the spiritual part that you don't see. How many of you know what's most important, what you see or what you don't see? What you don't see? What don't you see? Hmm? You don't see the Holy Spirit. You don't see other spirits. 
But are they alive? Can you chop their head off? Mm-mm. I know some people teach, well, you go to heaven, get a sword, and you chop the spirits in me. You can't do that. But you do have a sword. It's in your mouth. The devil is defeated. I said he is. As a matter of fact, the devil is a stump. Hmm? He's beheaded. He lost his headship. He's disarmed. He has no arms. And he's defeated. He has no feet. So you and I are battling a stump who's defeated, beheaded, and has got no arms. He's disarmed. What does that tell me about you? You are victorious. I said you are victorious. I said you aren't going, well, I don't feel like it. Tell your feelings to shut up. Thank you. We could never say that in our home in front of the children. But we can say it to the devil. We can say it to our feelings. How many of you know the devil talks? Hmm? You ever hear him? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't do that. I mean, after all, who do you think you are? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. A new creation I am. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus. How about you? Kingdom is defined, a Greek word, basileia. It means a realm, a rulership, a place where one rules over his loyal subjects. You know, some people, many people know Jesus as Savior, and they're going to heaven and they're going to make it in by the skin of their teeth. But how about Savior and Lord? How many of you know there's a difference between Savior and Lord? You know, what's the difference? Loyal subjects. We don't do what we want to do. We do what he wants us to do. To the, I remember back in the 50s, Frank Sinatra, remember Frank Sinatra, anybody? He sang that song, Two Different Worlds. We live in two different worlds. We do. You do and I do. We live in a natural world, but we live in an unseen world. We live in a world where we can't see the spirits, where we can't see the king. Can you imagine trying to tell somebody you believe in a king that you cannot even see? I mean, that does not compute, does it? But it's truth. What's more true, physical or spiritual? What's more true, TV? Hmm? Amen. The realm of the spirit means above human nature. You see, I remember years ago, Miss Jane, where are you? She's right there. She was going, how many of you ever go through a storm? 
She was going through a storm. And someone spoke to her and said, Well, you shouldn't expect too much because after all, you're only human. Any of you ever hear those? Well, you're only human? Besides Jane and me? Nobody. Two. How many of you won't raise your hand no matter what I say? <laughs> and the words came to her, well, after all, you're only human. And, and, and it came to her ear. And then on the inside, another little voice said, mm-mm, you're not just human. And she got a new perspective of herself. And she got a new perspective of who she is. And she got a new perspective of what God could do through her. Within a short period of time, your salary doubled. How many of you would like a raise of another 100%? (laughs) Now, it just didn't float down from the trees or the heavens. She had a belief for it. She believed for it. You know how she could? She's not just human. Turn toward your neighbor and say, you are not just human. You are holy. You are heavenly. You are divine. You're a divine creature. My God is more than enough. He's not just enough. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man or woman or child be in Christ, he's a brand new creature. Old things are passed away. I make... How many? Now what does that mean? The day you got born again, he made all things new. But you still wore the same size hat. You still wore the same size dress. You still wore the same size boots. But he made you new. He made all things new. He didn't make you brand new physical. He made you brand new spiritually. And your mind is affected by what you see and believe. The, the, the senses, touch, sight, smell, etc. But it should be affected even more by what you read, what you hear, what you practice. Because you will do what you will do. You will follow your head. How many of you ever been on a trampoline? How many of you ever did a somersault? A backwards one. Frontwards ones are easy, just, you know. But a backwards one. How do you do a backwards one on a trampoline? It begins with your eyes. First at your brain. What you do is you raise your eyes and your head follows. And your body will follow wherever your head goes. Mm-hmm. Now, who's your head? Hmm? Where's your head? Doesn't need to be up in the clouds, some ethereal thing, and a new heavy revy, and 
you know, some of the things that are going around in the body of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, 520, Now then, did you ever hear Copeland say that? Mm-hmm. He says, oh, now then. And I thought, now then. Now is now, and then is then. What does now then mean? So I looked it up in the Greek, and what now then means, certainly or truly. So certainly, you and I, it says here, are ambassadors. It's a Greek word, presbuo, to act as a representative. You know what? You and I are on planet Earth as an ambassador from heaven. You know what an ambassador does? Leaves one country, resides in another country, and represents the country they left. And the word just declares right here. Oh, get a hold of it. The word declares you and I are ambassadors. Am I in the right church? You're an ambassador. Well, I don't feel like one. Tell your feelings to. Thank you. And you and I... Now then, certainly, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were, what's that say? I got it underlined and, oh, yielding through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. How do you be reconciled? You believe what God's word says. You believe like Miss Jane did many years ago. I'm no longer just human. I'm a divine being. I'll tell you this. You are not a natural being having a supernatural experience. You are a supernatural being having an earthly experience. Did you hear me? And I firmly believe that pretty soon it's going to be over. And we're going out on the first boatload. You look at Christian TV, and you can get some good information. John Hagee was preaching on the four red moons. And how Jesus Christ is coming soon. And the Bible backs up. The rapture. Somebody say, well, that word's not in the Bible. Well, maybe the word's not. But I believe Jesus is coming soon. I mean, sooner than you think. When you see Israel surrounded, look up. How many of you looking up? But you know what? We don't need an escape mentality. We need a workman mentality. We must work while it's yet day. We must be sensitive to the clerk at Home Deep or some other place or your neighbor. Do you know how many people never heard the gospel? I asked the man, what? At where? Oh, yeah. We spent the week before 
at uh, Midwest Word Pastors Bible Camp. A group of churches ran out the Bible Camp at Green Lake, Wisconsin. And my, uh, my son's father-in-law is the head of it, Pastor David Marsha Holly. And we spent a week there sitting under the Word of God. And uh, we got a knock on our door one morning. Housekeeping. And so I said, just a moment. And I got presentable. It's a good thing to do. And uh, I opened the door a crack, and here were four ladies out there. I mean, it looked like they're really going to clean our place, our hotel, motel room. And she said, we have some brand new pillows for you. Would you like a brand new pillow? I said, we sure would. We like new. I'd like more than one. My wife is here. Four pillows. So they gave us four. I brought the pillow slips out, and they put the slips we had on the new pillows. And we were happy. We were happy campers. New pillows, not cases. But I... uh, I opened the door. I said, do you know Jesus loves you? And she said, I hope so. And I said, how about you and you and you and you? Well, we're not sure. I said, there's a way you can be sure. I went fishing. How many of you like fishing? (laughs) I had one rod, one line, but it had four hooks on it. Four at once. Reeled in once. The whole housekeeping crew got born again in one fell swoop, and you have the very same anointing on you. And you don't need to be afraid what people think. What's more important, what God thinks or what people think? Are you sure? What if you're rejected? Jesus was. What if you're not rejected? Some people say, well, I never preach healing. What if they don't get healed? I'm serious. What if they don't get saved? It's the same thing. He paid the price. Now we are ambassadors to act as a representative on planet Earth as ambassadors from heaven. We're living in a natural, physical world representing a heavenly country. You know what happens when a crisis comes to the country that the ambassador has sent to? Guess what happens? The ambassadors are the first to leave. Did you get it? Hmm? You're ambassadors. You're the first to leave. When that crisis comes, when Jesus comes, all the ambassadors are leaving at once. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Romans 14, 7 says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? 
2 Corinthians 5.17 said, The day you were born again, you became in Christ. And you became that because he became in you. When a bird is through the air, is the bird in the air or air in the bird? It's both. So if you're in Christ, he's in you. And the word of God says about you being in Christ. You are a new creature. The word of God says, it's not meat and drink. And it's not what you do, but who you are. Did you hear me? Righteousness is not what you do. It's what he's done for you. It's by you receiving what the blood of Jesus Christ paid for. My precious wife was preaching in this pulpit one day, and she said these words, I don't want any more than Jesus died for. But I don't want any less. It cost him too much. So many people are negligent in that area. Well, this is good enough. Bless me and us three. Bless us four, no more. That's not where it's at. How many of you have learned to receive? Hmm? Ah, two of you. Three? You see, it's just proven by that answer to that. Four, five, or a few. How many of you know how? How many of you? How, how many of you know how to receive? What must you do to receive? You must believe it's yours. You must reach out because God has an open hand. No, oh, that's okay. You know, uh, my God shall supply. Now, you see, all, how many of you would like a couple of bucks? Who does it belong to? You stay away from my wallet. <laughs> how many of you know it's okay to have fun in church? My Lord Jesus, we're not baptized in lemon juice. Amen? Amen? That's not in the notes, Ricky. It's not what you do. It's what he's done. It's not what you do. It's who you are. Most people, if I, if I ask them, are you going to heaven? Well... I've been good. I said, well, I thought that too. And then one day I read what the Bible said, no man is good, no, not one. And I thought, I don't stand a chance. And our marriage was rocky. I went to a Lutheran minister. And he said, young man, I was 29 years young. My wife was three and a half when she got born again. Can you believe it? 
Boy, did I bless out. There's no luck involved. I'm blessed out. What was I saying? 29. Yeah, that's it. Thank God for your helpmate. You know. And she said, we need marriage counseling. And I said, well, we don't need it. I mean, everything's fine. And from my per- So we went before a Lutheran minister. And he said, young man, your problem is you don't know God. I looked at him. I straightened up, stuck my chest out, looked in his eye, and I said, Sir, I've been going to that church five blocks away, five times a week for 29 years, and you tell me I don't know God? You know what he had the audacity to say to me? Just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. And I said, What does? He said, Just because you go into a garage doesn't make you a car anymore than going to church, man. I said, what does? He said, you ever do a bad thing? "Mm Mm-hmm, lots of them. We ask God to forgive you? Mm Mm-hmm, I did. Ask Jesus to come into my heart? I tell you what, I used to be wild for the devil. Now I'm wild for Jesus. I've come to the point where I don't care what people think compared to what God... Now, I didn't say I don't care what you think. I said compared to what God thinks. What do you think would happen if all of the body of Christ adopted that philosophy and didn't care what people thought compared to what God thinks? I don't care what people think of me. I know where I'm going, and it's not because of what I've done. It's because of what he's done. Romans 14, 7. It's not what you do, it's who you are. Matthew 16, 19. Jesus said, I will give you the keys. Now that word keys means authority and power. I will, what does a key do? It opens and shuts. What? Doors. Or opens and shuts the ignition to your vehicle. Many other things. I will give you the keys, the authority and power of the kingdom of the heavenlies. What does that mean? He has given you and I the keys that we need to live victoriously over each and every storm and every situation. And what you bind on earth shall be bound in the heavenlies. And what you loose on earth shall be loosed in the heavenlies. Bind on earth. I hear many people, I bind you devil. Well you just bind. I don't bind a devil. I just cast him out. If you bind him, who loosens him? Think about this. I know it's not a popular teaching. Pardon? What you allow or disallow on this earthly sphere will be allowed or disallowed in the spirit realm that's on this earth. You know, we're in a level of heaven right now. There's three levels. I believe there's a level 
One heavenly or one spiritual level is hell. One place spiritual is hell. The next one is earth. And the next one is the heavenlies. There's three. And we have a choice where we're going to spend eternity. I don't know about you. But Jesus isn't just my Savior. He's my Lord. Mm -hmm. Do I still sin? Mm -hmm. Every time you sin, do you go to hell? Mm -mm. Every time you repent, does he forgive you? Peter, Paul, John the Baptist started out their ministry with one word. Same word, repent. We don't hear that preach much anymore. How many of you ever miss God besides me? Now you're in church. Two, six. So what happens when you miss God? Do you lose your salvation? No. You repent. Spirit of God convicts you. How many of you know we have a convicting God? Mm -hmm. And whatsoever you disallow on earth will be disallowed. The heavenly world or the spirit world or the realm of spirit or spirits. There's good and evil. It's your choice. Matthew 12. If you have your Bibles, turn there, please. Matthew chapter 12. I love this. Because one day God said to me, and I mean, in the 70s when we got saved, man, oh man, the charismatic movement, there was a demon behind every bush. You remember? And I mean, everybody, I mean, they weren't looking for the Holy Ghost. Must be the Deb. No. And this book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 23. Matthew 12, 23. It speaks about a house divided against itself cannot stand. And he said in verse 22, so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw it. Jesus performed a miracle because God the Father worked through him. Jesus the man had God the Father working through him. The man, Jesus. Christ means the anointed one. Christ is not his last name. Some people think it is. But Jesus, the anointed one, worked a miracle and the blind man saw and the mute man spoke. Verse 23, all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard, if they said, this fellow does cast out demons, except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan... He's divided against himself. How then will the kingdom of God stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, whom do your sons cast them out by? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit 
of God. The man Jesus said he cast out demons by the spirit of his father. Remember when he said I only do what the father tells me to do? Do you believe the father was telling him to cast out those demons? Do you believe God sometimes tells you and me cast out demons? Mm-hmm. Well, how do we do that with our words? He goes on to say this. Or how, oh, he said, if I cast out demons, the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and he then will plunder his house? I ask you, who is a strong man? We are. Now, where do you get that from? Right here. Because Jesus said, unless you bind the strong man, that is the believer, the enemy cannot come into his home and take away his goods. You know what belongs to you and me? Everything in this earth. And unless he can bind you. Now, how do you know that, Pastor? Because it says in Colossians, he stripped him of everything making an open show of the devil. He stripped him of everything he ever had. Therefore, the devil has nothing. He has no head, he has no arms, no feet. He has no possessions in this world. The only thing that he can have is what you give him. And if he can get you to distort your authority and allow him to steal from you, because John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. Some of you are looking at me like, eh. who's a strong man? Thank you. Two people agree. You mean the devil's not the strong man? How do you know? Hmm? Because when you are born again, you are, you become an ambassador to the country of heaven. And you rule and reign over the devil on this earth. And unless you allow him to walk inside of your cranium and your door, he can't take anything that's yours. The day you were born again, inside of your cranium, he laid a brand new white carpet. I'm using a figure of speech. It's not biblical. What would you do if your neighbor, the nice guy that he is, came over and he was dragging a great big garbage bag? And it was full of orange peels and grapefruit rinds and all that slimy, ugly stuff that goes in the garbage bag. And he knocked on the door, and you were out in the kitchen. You're fixing food. You didn't know who it was. You figured it was the neighbor. And it was. And he had all this garbage he was dragging in. You said, come on in, and he dragged it in on your brand new white carpet. And then he took out a little pocket knife, and he's going to put a zipper in it. 
and you saw him taking out his pocket knife, preparing to dump his garbage on your carpet. What would you do? Hmm? I said, what would you do? What would you say? Oh, you really shouldn't do that. You know, that costs a lot. I, I wish you wouldn't do that. Hmm? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm teasing you, George. I got your back. <laughs> what would you do? What would you say? In the name of Jesus, be gone. And what would happen? Not only he, but his garbage would leave you, would leave your spirit, would leave your world that you walk in and live in. Colossians 2.15. Oh, in the olden days, when a king lost a battle, you know what they did? They had a parade. And the king of that country would sit on a big stallion and he would ride through the main street of the city. And the king that lost the battle would have a rope around him and he was in his birthday suit going through the city shamefully behind a donkey, not a big stallion. And that's how they celebrated the victory over the king that lost. I'm here to tell you this. There was a king that lost at Calvary. Hmm? And he no longer rules and reigns on this earth. Because Jesus has come and we might have life and have it to the fullest. I like fullness of life. I do. We live to give. It doesn't matter who, where, or when. Colossians 1.13, God has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has translated us into the kingdom of his son of love. We have been delivered from just the natural world into the spirit world, and he has given us the same authority that Jesus had. Romans chapter 8 verse 13 says, The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ out of the grave, quicken and make alive your mortal body. I don't know about you, but I'm living forever. And I'm celebrating it each and every day of my life because I'm not a victim. I was. I was victimized. By my own mother. Victimized. Then I got born again and I shifted from victim to victor. Are you a Tim or a Tor? Hmm? I'm a Tor. Nobody answered me. I said, are you a Tim or a Tor? Thank you. Are you sure? How do you know? The word of God says, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, God has delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his son. He gave us uh, uh, power and authority that's right and might. See, it's one thing to have the power, but to have the authority. 
You, 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 you can have power at work, and if you're not the head of the corporation, you aren't going to go and tell the head of the corporation what to do. Why? You've got power, but you don't have authority. God hasn't authorized you to do so. You are a man in authority because you're under authority. I said you're a person in authority because you're under authority. Luke 8. He called his 12 disciples together. A disciple is a student. Luke 9, 1. He called his disciples together and he gave them power and authority, dunamis and exousia, might and right, to cast out demons and to heal all manner of diseases. Now, if God has given you the apostles and the disciples, you know what the word disciple means? Student. He called his students together. You know who he chose? Fisherman, tax collector, doctor. What do fishermen do? Catch fish. What do fish do? They stink. He used a bunch of stinking fishermen. Believe it. Well, you know, those guys, they were the apostles. You know what? We used to live by the Ten Commandments. Old Testament. He's given us a new and a better covenant. One commandment. The royal law of love. Love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, spirit, and body. Love your neighbor as your... One commandment. It's easy. It's not ten, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. New Testament is thou shalt. You can. It's easy. How do you do it? Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it eat the fruit thereof. How many of you love life? How many of you hate evil? The Bible said hate evil. It's okay to hate. You hate evil. Because evil is evil. In closing, 1 Timothy 6.15 says, the blessed and only potentate, King of kings and Lord of lords. Say that with me. King of kings, king of kings. and Lord of lords. Lord of lords. He is the king of kings. Who are the kings? Who said that? You're right. See, he knows that because he knows authority. And the Lord of lords. Who do we lord it over? The enemy? Hmm? The en- who's the enemy? El Diablo. He can't tell you what to do. Are you listening? Well, you're only human. Mm-mm. Second closing. He, Jesus, shall rule over the house of Jacob forever. House of Jacob is the Israelites. And the family of God. You know what? 
He shall rule over you forever and ever and ever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. There will be no end. What we're sitting in is forever. We're in one level of heaven. The, the, the word isn't heaven, it's heavenlies. Jesus came to earth. My wife taught out of Isaiah 45, heaven on earth. We're in it. And of his kingdom. You know what that means? George and I are going to live in the heavenly realm forever and ever. He's going to be my neighbor. You too. And you know what else? We're going to have a block party. I hope this whole church is on the same block. You talk about celebrate. Turn toward your neighbor and say, I'm in heaven. And so are you. How many of you believe it? Now, what are you supposed to do in heaven? Hmm? What? Rule and reign. Over who? Start with yourself. Hmm? When those thoughts come, mm -mm. rule and reign over them. Father, I thank you for this day. This is the Lord's day. You made it. <laughs> That's why we rejoice and we're glad. You've made us glad. I thank you, Father God, for the word of God that's been sown into the soil of the hearts of the believers here. And if anyone should be a non-believer, Father God, I pray they open their heart and say, God, forgive me. Let's pray this prayer together. Father God, forgive me of all the wrong I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Fill me with your love, your Holy Spirit, and your glory. Send me forth to proclaim your good news. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe God's answered the prayer. You will leave here differently than you've come. How many of you will? I will. I preach myself happy. Uh, we have a prayer partner. Anyone have a prayer need? Please come forward. They're assigned prayer partners. If you need healing, you need deliverance, you need Whatever you need, prayer partners, come forward. Who's on the team? Okay. Anybody need prayer? Please come forward. If you need prayer, and the rest of you are dismissed, don't forget, Jesus loves you, and I think you're okay too.
God bless you. Go in peace and serve him.